Patel. Welcome to the Monday meeting. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. Uh, so if you could just give us like a little bit of a short introduction, obviously you are my first podcast guest. So apologies in advance if there are any hiccups or anything that is kind of blatantly wrong. I will do my best to fix it. But um, yeah, just a short introduction. Sure. Um, so I am Michelle Dalval. I am a self-cultivation coach, which is basically means that I get to work with people who want to feel real satisfaction in their uh, in how they show up in the world, um, learn to trust themselves more, and start to feel confident and really begin to uh, feel confident in their ability to cultivate a life where they feel complete sovereignty over their life, their decisions, and their mind, body, and soul. Cool. So... Obviously, I know because I, I met you before you started on this journey that this has been a very kind of a big journey for you. Um, so, you know, you are I'm going to just like throw it out there so that everybody that's listening knows. But you are my life coach. Um, and I kind of knew you before you started on this journey, like I said, because you were working at Neiman Marcus. So obviously you kind of had retail experience prior. So I don't know if you want to kind of give us some background on everything, kind of what led you up until this moment. And I'll like jump in if I have any questions. Absolutely. Okay, so, oh my gosh, my journey is, it feels, um, it's, you know, it's funny because when you look back at, after so many years, you're like, who is that person? Um, and that's kind of how I feel like every couple years. But, you know, I started in the beauty industry when I was about 19 or 20 years old. And, you know, like many young people, I spent a lot of time in the Mac store. I was just obsessed and with this whole world, and I knew nothing. Um, I knew how to wear, like, two eyeshadows. And I was there so often. And one day, the one of the managers was like, why don't you just apply to work here? And I just thought, like, no way. I'm not cool enough. <laughs> you know, at the time, this was, like, early 2000s. And Mac was just, like, the epitome of cool to me at that time. And, and so I did. I applied for a job. And I knew absolutely nothing. And, you know, I ended up working for Mac for a little over three years and it was so exciting and it was really probably the first time I had put myself into a position where I knew absolutely nothing and I was terrified all the time and I worked around people who were just really talented makeup artists um, and were constantly pushing me they would they would take you know the most challenging client and say like you're taking this person today and we're going to watch you do it and I would and that's how I kind of learned um by fire and and so I just fell in love with the beauty industry from that point on I I from Mac I went to work for Neiman Marcus for the first time I was really interested in working in luxury and I had never really kind of I'd never been a part of that world and I had a friend who was a makeup artist for Shu Amora at the time before they left the states and then came back and I decided to join him at Neiman Marcus and I went to work for YSL and it was like a whole other world another world of challenges of learning luxury clienteling and because that is if you you know no luxury clientele at all. It's kind of like an art form because it's all about relationship building and gaining trust and loyalty. And so 
Um, you know, that was a really exciting time in my life because I was, you know, in my early 20s, I, I really had a very small clientele from Mac, and it was very different than the way I sell customer, but it just it opened up this other um, world of possibility for me. And from there, I went to work for Dior. I was asked to be an account coordinator for Dior Beauty, and this was at the time when there was no such thing as account coordinators. They were not a role. Um, so it was like this, again, another kind of trial by fire, I think, where I just kind of followed the account executive around and, and learned all of what she did, which was meeting with different department managers at various retailers and, you know, um, training and development within the stores and introducing new products and all of the fun things that come along with working on the brand side. So I did that for a little while. And then I had this very random detour out of beauty for about a year. And I, I like to share this story because um, two really wonderful things came out of it. I got asked to open a new candy store. And it was this multi-million dollar uh, candy store that sold ridiculous blinged out lollipops and worked with celebrities called Sugar Factory. <laughs> This was like my detour from beauty for a year. It was, you know, just something different, and it was a completely wild ride, and I did that for about a year, but the funny part about it is that during that year, I met one of my closest friends, who we both live in New York now, and um, spend all our time together and that person also was a huge reason in me meeting my husband so <laughs> I met my husband at Sugar Factory um, he was a customer and so this one year detour out of beauty which you know it, it was it gave me some really great connections that I'm grateful for but I promptly went back to beauty and that's when I got into Sephora and it's so funny because all of my jobs kind of happened really seamlessly you know someone said you know hey I have this role would you be interested or someone said hey you know I'm really um, I would love to introduce you to you know like at Sephora I had someone had referred me to the manager we had a really wonderful conversation one day and it just kind of snowballed into um, joining her team and I worked with Sephora for just over four years and during that time I worked from Las Vegas to San Francisco area to Virginia where I was able to open up a new store in Tyson's Corner and then that brought me to New York. And in my time at Sephora, I kind of held just about every management role you could have. So, you know, overseeing um, color to skincare to my last role there was in operations, which was completely out of my comfort zone as well. And um, kind of a theme, I guess, you know, beauty is beauty was my my ultimate comfort zone, but every role was just throwing myself into something I had no clue about and just learning as I go. So that's kind of been the theme of all my roles. And then um, from Sephora, I got a call in New York to open the Barney's New York in Chelsea. And I just thought, I live in New York. This is Barney's New York. It's iconic. I have to do this. And I did. And it was one of the most wonderful experiences of my life because 
one, I got to experience Barney's before, you know, it was no more. And I was exposed to this whole world of, of what retail could be when it's driven by just like whimsy and art and all of the great things that Barney's was. And then, you know, three years later, <laughs> I got another call <laughs> or another, another message. And it was uh, from Neiman Marcus to open another store and that was in Hudson Yards and so you know I jumped at the opportunity from Barney's to Neiman Marcus I was able to jump from maybe like a 19 person team to having 45 people on my team from a huge store yeah and so that's like the the cliff notes version of my career trajectory it's really been um I feel like we could do we could do a whole episode just on like your beauty experience and having a beauty in like having a job or a career in the beauty industry versus what you're doing now it's so so I'm really interested to hear like the transition from you know being head of the beauty at Neiman Marcus to a self-cultivating cultivation coach absolutely yeah um I don't think I've told you this story yet but it's interesting and maybe it'll be you know hopeful for anyone listening I actually you know I in March I quit my job at Neiman Marcus because I was really interested to get back onto the brand side and I had gotten asked to join a brand as an account executive for the New York, Connecticut, Long Island area. So having multiple doors and a little bit more travel, a lot more. And and interesting story, the day I left Mima Marcus, the weekend happened, and then my first day on this new role was really days after New York went into lockdown. And this role where I would need to travel to multiple locations, well, all those locations were closed. Um, so I couldn't start my new job. And I was here, you know, like everyone in this complete state of unknown, like what's happening next. And that Monday rolls around and I kind of, you know, leading up to that day, I had the feeling that it was gonna happen because I just thought like, it doesn't make sense for a brand to take someone on right now when they don't have anywhere for them to work, right? But I was hoping. And then that Monday happened and, you know, I couldn't start my job. And so I sat with it for like a day. I talked to my husband and, you know, I'm really, really fortunate to have you know a support system that you know didn't let me spiral into you know the fears of not having a job for the first time ever and um and so I kind of sat with that and I just thought about it and it took a, a few days and I really thought like okay well I have a blank slate what can I do like what am I going to do now I I'm I have this opportunity for the first time in my life ever to just explore. Like, what do I love about, what did I love about my job and why did I want to leave my last job? And ultimately, you know, a lot of the reasons were I just kind of had started to lose that like zest for for going into work every day. And, and the things that I really loved about working, you know, in all of my jobs were that I got to work with people directly, develop people. And, and I thought back 
to all the moments in my career where I was most proud and most excited. And it was when people would come to me and say, you know, you had this impact in my in my career or you or you helped me get this role or you helped me build confidence. And those were all the things that were really motivating for me. And I think that's what drew me to that kind of account executive role because I would get a lot more face time with people. And, and so knowing all of that, I started to just like, literally like we say in coaching like dump out all the legos and start to sort and i just started thinking like what do i love to do you know and i talked to some of my you know the people in my life that i really trust a couple of my friends and 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 everyone continually and over the years everyone was like why are you not in consulting why don't you do beauty consulting you know and this was like this resounding so i started to look into consulting right and then I was getting more, you know, researching into what that entails, and I had all these wonderful ideas. And one of the things that kept coming up was that, you know, a lot of consultants work with nutritionists, they work with life coaches, they're working with different um, entities. And I thought, like, I could do all of those things. <laughs> I just, like, I felt like I could do that. And and so I started to look into what it would mean to become, you know, a holistic nutritionist because this is something I felt really passionate about in my own life. And so that led me to becoming a holistic nutritionist. And then I, you know, and at the same time, I was looking at life coaching programs and I stumbled into this program that was a little bit more community driven and I was so drawn to um, I was so drawn to everything that they were about and then you know a few months in I was like I love this field of life coaching it's um, unlike consulting I don't have to know the answers I simply have to be genuinely curious about the other person and genuinely committed to helping someone just see a wider perspective of how they look at their own life and how they get to show up and um, and then using all of the things like my beauty background using the holistic nutrition and starting to open up other avenues of what life coaching could be for me um, just has been the most exciting part of my journey so far yeah yeah I feel like you're doing so many different things that we could talk about <laughs> like it's just it's crazy um so obviously now you are you have taken on I think you told me like four clients so you obviously you've launched your own business you're doing it you are doing the coaching thing um so how does it feel to after all of these years of like working for an entity working for a company, obviously Neiman Marcus, Barney's, Mac, Sephora, these are all like huge brands. Um, and I feel like in a sense, having that that big brand behind you might be like a, a comfort blanket a little bit because there's opportunities and there's different avenues and there's always, you know, kind of somewhere that you can turn to for answers. Obviously, launching and coaching, you are launching your own business by yourself, kind of for other people, but essentially to work for yourself. So would have been some of the the biggest challenges I think you would say um, and some of the things that you've learned and, you know, just and what do you want to tell us about having your own business, starting your own business in a, in a field that's kind of, I, I think, very unexplored in that um, a lot of people will be like entrepreneurs and I launched my own product business on Etsy or I have like ebooks or I have, you know, I'm an influencer, which are all very, very valid careers. But this is something kind of completely different when it comes to launching your own business in coaching. Yes, um, 
I think the consistent challenge that comes up a lot is this kind of, um, and I think it's a common one, is like the imposter syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the unseen challenge. And interesting because, you know, all of the things that I use in coaching, you know, gremlins techniques and, you know, all of those things, I use them on myself, right? Because it's so relevant. And, you know, when you're starting out and, and in coaching, it's like, you know, when I think about what are the tangible, like, challenges I've come across, it's like starting to shift my Instagram from being more personal where I never posted. It was like every four months to now having to be constantly present and not because I feel like, you know, Instagram is the way or anything like that. It's simply that, you know, part of it is I want to share my story and I want to document and and breadcrumb along the way, like for people to really get a sense of who I am. And it's almost like, um, you know, people talk about like your digital business card. And I think of Instagram as like kind of that, but maybe expanded on. And so, and I really, and I'm finding the more that I do it, and kind of lean into being really scared doing it, right? Like now it's personal, but it's at work and it in work yeah. is personal. And that work-life and, balance um, is probably quite blurred. Yeah, and um, and I think about you know all those moments, those little moments where you're like, I'm gonna share something, and then I'm really nervous because I don't want anyone to think I'm this or I'm this or all the things that you think about. Um, so that's kind of been one of the challenges, right, that ties into that whole, like, self-doubt. And so, you know, I, I feel really proud of myself, actually, because I've, I've been doing this thing where, like, if something scares me, but I'm excited scared, that means I have to do it, and then I just do it. And I'm not worried about what the outcome is, so I'll, like, post something, and then, like, don't look it again. <laughs> don't, don't go back. Just let it be in the world. And, um, and if it reaches one person, that's exactly who it was meant to resonate with and and if it doesn't that's not my business right like how people take it is not my business and so that's been something that's been really challenging and then there's some little things um it's like a daily daily practice right it's like just reminding yourself that you know I think about that that there's like this um you know quote of course it's like feel the fear and do it anyways and I don't know if that applies to everything but I think when it's that feeling of like bubbled up excitement because it's something you really want to do but you're also really scared it means like do it anyways so that's kind of the motto um, for all of those little challenges but yeah the other things are like you know learning how to build a website right like that I would never but all of a sudden here I am you know just you just try it and and there's so much resource uh there's so many resources kind of at our fingertips literally that um you can kind of learn how to do almost anything nowadays if you really um want to so um now that we've kind of gone through your history gone through some of the things that you've learned this year do you want to tell us a little bit more about your coaching business now like what you do what your goal is how you do it just a little bit more about you know, how you life coach people, I guess. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, I I think the biggest thing, right? So a lot of coaches, I think the biggest challenge is like, what is my niche? Where do I, you know, because it's so important, right? If you don't have kind of a a niche, um, it's hard to know who you're speaking to. And then it's hard to craft content and things like that and and really speak to a specific person. So, 
when I started to think about self-cultivation, it was like this word that was just rolling around in my head for weeks, and I and I felt like there was a reason for that, and I had to follow it. And I started to think, you know, I'm not coaching people on like a very specific thing, right? Like it's not um, this very specific niche. But when I think about self-cultivation, I think about it as like this journey of that I've been on myself of of really kind of testing the waters and all the things that get me excited and seeing where it takes me and then when I no longer feel the excitement like just moving on but really um being open to that and I think that's part of the work that I do with clients is is really um helping to kind of inspire having more grace having more compassion for yourself and being able to experiment with all of the things right like and know what actually like having that first period of just of actually discovering like what do I actually enjoy doing where do I want to put my energy what's taking my energy and depleting me and how can I move away from that and I think that's a lot of the work I've been doing lately and and um and so you know when I think about the things that I'm starting to incorporate more and that and some of the bigger goals I have you know I want to create sort of this maybe hybrid of coaching and mentoring because I think that's also something I'm hearing a lot of lately from clients and just from people in general is is, um, it's like part of it is self-discovery and then part of it is like I just want you to tell me like what should I be doing like tell me some things that I could be adding to my life because you're doing it and and I think about this you know and and I hear it so often so I, I really feel excited about this being kind of part of my next my next project is creating this opportunity where I can take, you know, what I consider as like wellness rituals within my life. And it's not so much of a dogmatic approach. It's really like honoring the ebbs and flows of my energy and tying in cycle syncing and all of those wonderful things to coaching and creating a new kind of framework, I think. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. That's my that's my next project. I'm working on a group coaching program as well. I have a, so um, I have so much going on, and I think you know for me that tends to work best is having multiple plates moving. And I think you know part of again that work in coaching is like really getting down to who am I what do I love doing so that I can know where I want to put my energy and for me it's like I know I love having many plates spinning and it works for me um and really just tuning into that so so I'm doing a group coaching program with one of my uh with a friend of mine who's a fellow coach and we had started as a conversation and and so funny because this like theme of all my past jobs coming really naturally of like oh this person here well this started out as a conversation and and she was really talking a lot about how the wellness industry feels super one-size-fits-all and is not always really approachable and then at the same time can be super overwhelming because there's just so many options and so we wanted to create this group coaching program that is exactly that it starts with you know like really that self-discovery understanding what you want what lights you up and then kind of cultivating this wellness lifestyle or way of being 
versus doing the routines that work for everyone else versus jumping on every trend and then feeling guilty because you didn't stick to it, you know, and really kind of coming at wellness from that perspective. So I'm working on a lot of things, group coaching program, cultivating self-wellness and, um, and my own, you know, coaching framework that I'll be coming out with this year, this next year anyways. It's all very exciting. It's all going to be linked down below for you guys or in the description box. I don't know how podcasts work yet, but I'll have uh, the social medias and everything linked as well as your website. But um, it's so it's so cool that you have so many different plates going. I think I, I kind of really quickly want to touch on some of the things that I know that you're very passionate about as a coach, just so people kind of get an idea of um, maybe some of the I don't want to say techniques because they're not techniques, but maybe some of the things that you as a coach like to focus on, if that's okay. So I know that, for example, we talk a lot about human design and we talk a lot about um, uh, women's cycles, which I think is something that's not talked about enough. And so I think it's important to kind of, you know, maybe give you a little spiel about how you found out about it, how you learned about it. Um, I also would love to touch on how you got into, like how you learned about coaching as in like, did you take a course? Did you... Do you, like, I know you have your own coach as well. So I think that's something that's interesting to touch on. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can start with coaching. So I, I did take a course through journey coaching and it was, and I, it's, I say was, but really I continue, you know, one of the things that drew me to journey, as I mentioned before, was the community. And so, you know, I, it was a six-month program, really incredible. Um, the thing about that I love about Journey, too, is that um, each week we had different instructors that really were coaches within different niches. So we, you know, touched on everything from relationship coaching to positive psychology to, you know, um, to different types of coaching frameworks. And so I really appreciated that. And, you know, the community part, I meet with fellow coaches once a week and we just, you know, every week we kind of hold space for each other, talk about what are some of the challenges and really continue to just support each other as coaches and as just as human beings. And and so there's that. Yeah, it's it's been amazing and I'm so grateful uh, for this program and and then you know getting into some of the things that I fuse into my into my coaching and just my life in general you know the the cycle syncing this is something that you know earlier in this year I started to get really interested in um, cycle syncing through Elisa Vidi who has the flow app and she's kind of like I, I say she's like the queen of cycle syncing because she's really who sort of put this on the map and started to educate women on our cycle and our you know infradian rhythm which people don't talk about right like I, th I think this is so important because you know we have a, everyone knows about your circadian rhythm right it goes in a 24-hour cycle so you might have more energy at one part of the day and then you know when you don't right so like men work really well on their circadian rhythm right they can wake up in the morning they're gonna work out they're gonna bust through a work day and then they're gonna happy hour at five and I'm just generalizing right like this isn't all men but but we know like right like these are some of the things that as a culture we think we have to do right like when we wake up we're like oh we're supposed to do this and we're supposed to be up early and work out and we're supposed to you know power through our days and come home really exhausted and the reality is women don't you know we work on an infradian rhythm which is 
not in a 24-hour cycle. It's in the cycle of your, you know, your 28 days or however long your cycle is. And so our brains function differently at different times of the month. Our bodies need different things. Our metabolism is slower during the first half of our month, and then it starts to pick up in the second half. So all of those things, you know, what I, I think it's so interesting learning about cycle thinking, and I'm so passionate to share everything that I know and share how I use it in my life because I think as women we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be a certain way and um, and we're just not functioning that way right so I think the more that we start to actually lean into that infradian rhythm and start to have compassion and grace for ourselves when we need it and really know when we work our best um you start to show up differently you start to have just confidence in your body because you're like i know myself right so um you know and that's one of my next projects (laughs) um you know i so i'll give you a little insight here so what i do to tune into my infradian rhythm and to really lean into my different phases of my cycle I have kind of like a roadmap for myself so for example this week I'm in my follicular phase so what that means for me is I schedule all my work activity this week to do the things that I know my brain is set up for so that's content planning um, that's working on new projects right because I just got over my menstrual so I'm in this like new phase where I'm open to what's new um, new beginnings so I'm working on all of the laying the foundation for all the new projects and starting to kind of get a little outline for all the things that I want to happen or I want to make happen Um, you know and then you know and then it feeds into everything what you eat which is really great because I love the of course holistic nutrition component so this week it's all about you know and as I mentioned like our metabolism is a little bit slower in this first half of the cycle so this week it's all about eating like I'm looking at like the color of my food. Is it really bright? Is it fresh? Is it vibrant? And am I eating more greens, more salads? Um, you know, Elisa Vitti talks about eating more pressed salads. So like kimchi, sauerkraut, those things, like if you can add them in during this week is really fantastic because you have to, you know, really um, basically work at your most optimal um, as a woman. And um, so then, so there's that, right? Like I, I'm, I'm trying to work in, in my flow and, and I really, I love to really drill down. So like I'm even, I cater my meditations to where I'm at, right? Like it's, it's, there's, it's this kind of whole approach. And, and the other thing that you kind of touched on was the human design, right? And I, I think where these start to tie together for me anyways, is, you know, when I started to learn human design, um, and I've been taking, I, I recently took a health and body seminar, which is really cool to get into the digestion and sleep exercise based on your human design. Um, and the, the human design and the cycle thinking, what I think is so incredible is the fact that both are really um, amazing tools to kind of give you permission to just be exactly who you are versus like really trying hard to work against who you are and then coming up against disappointment and frustration and bitterness and all the things um so so that's you know how human design has started to play a role you know again back to that like man juggling many plates like I'm, I'm a manifesting generator and manifesting generators are like totally here to be like that driving energy and and i 
and I started to think back like all the times in my life like where was I most like feeling in flow and it was when I had things going on that also brought me energy like multiple projects that got me excited were lighting me up and it didn't necessarily mean that I had like a ton of things happening all the time it just meant that like my energy was being directed in all the ways that were really continuing to return that energy to me um and knowing that that kind of state of like creation and, and being in creative flow like that's where I'm most happy right so like I so like starting to think about past experiences and then how it really fits into my life now and I just you know whenever I learn something that's super transformational for me I'm like I have to I have to share this with other people and I have to work this into you know if I can work it into my coaching framework or work it into an offering within my coaching you know I um I'd love to turn kind of my monthly guide into a guide for other people to just use on their own and um, because I, I find it so empowering to just, like I said, like have permission to function exactly as I'm supposed to and not try so hard to go against my own grain. Yeah, I think it's if you honestly, if you look back and you reflect, it's incredible what you've achieved in like under a year. And like the amount of changes that have happened in your life, in your career in under a year is just mind blowing to me. Like, and you're, you're doing it. I mean, you're doing it like you are succeeding at this. So I think, I think you're absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. Do you have any like advice for anybody that maybe wants to get into coaching just to kind of round this out? Because I feel like we just threw a lot of information at people and you know, (laughs) I was like, this podcast is going to be 40 minutes long, but, you know, I think maybe 35 is okay. <laughs> I think when I when I consider, like, advice, right, like, it's always so interesting because what works for me may not work for everyone, right? Like, some people look at me and they're like, you're doing so much I could never imagine. And to me, I'm like, oh, it's totally natural, right? Um But, you know, I will say, like, and I think we've talked about this before, is, like, the one thing that I was told in a coaching session, you know, from a coach, and I I, I don't think we talked on this, but I do have a coach, and... um and and I think it's really important, right? Like, I'm, I'm a human being, too. I need to also have a safe space to kind of throw out my thoughts and maybe have someone help me kind of look at them differently. Um, but the one thing that one of my coaches had said to me was, you know, just start before you're ready. And that just that simple statement kind of shifted my mindset. And I started to, and I think that's what's helped me kind of lean into the fears right because I was like okay I'm not ready you know and I think about all the examples I wasn't ready to start a website I had no clue what I was doing I was just kind of like tinkering around and then I just did it because I was like you know what it's not perfect but like get it out there because I'm never gonna know what you know I'm never gonna know what I'm capable of until I just do it I'm never gonna get real feedback from people until I just put it out there and I'm never going to know how to continue to evolve if I don't just start somewhere so you know um and it makes me think like we're never going to be ready for anything right like we're just you know or we can be right you can be super ready for things and then um you know but but I think that idea of like start before you're ready is so important it's the whole reason that I started this podcast that I am starting this podcast is because of you because I have had this podcast on my brain for 
I want to say like two years. And then you were like, oh, just start before you're ready. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing it. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's such And it's so such good awesome. Advice. Yeah. yeah, and I love this podcast idea. I think it's Thank such you. a um, cool opportunity for people to just, like I said, like everything I do feels like just letting me feel comfortable being exactly who I am. And I think the podcast is so cool because you're giving different perspectives of people just doing, you know, um, living their life, right? Like in, in following their career paths and it's going to look different for every person. And it just starts to highlight like that there is no one way there's no right way there's no I mean you know depending on what you believe there is no right or wrong um you know it's it's can you feel really satisfied at the end of the day with how you get to show up and and that can look like a million different things and success is completely different to every person and I think that's really cool to highlight that for people who you know at all walks of life like whether they're starting their career path whether they're in school or whether they're like ready for a total overhaul of their career too yeah no I think it's awesome I'm super excited to see you know who I can get on here I I really want to get such a variety of people so if you have anybody you think I should have on if anybody listening can think of someone that they want me to have on just go ahead and send me a dm on instagram again I'll leave everything listed down below um but yeah thank you so much for coming on uh you're amazing I appreciate you and everything you do for me so much and thank you so much for being my first guest I am so grateful I really hope that the recording is all good (laughs) because if we have to redo this it's gonna (laughs) suck but um yeah no honestly thank you so much for for coming on and I hope that everybody listening enjoyed it and um yeah I will talk to you soon bye guys bye